I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Long Hello and welcome to the Bull Street Podcast, the very best football podcast on the internet. I've heard that. There's already? Already, I've heard it. I've heard <laughs> it. I saw it on Twitter. Better than, well, not better than the fighting cock. I'm Flav, I've been podcasting for five years and I know what makes a good podcast. And this is definitely one of those things. Matt, I'm here with you, co-founder of Bull Street. Hello. And I'm here with Stuart, co-founder of Bull Street. Stuart, you're a Rangers fan. I am Matt, indeed. you're a Huddersfield Town fan, and I'm a Tottenham fan. So, as the only big club in the room, oh, oh. <laughs> we won the league three times in a trot. The first team to ever do that. That makes us. Do you know a bigger I, club than Tottenham? I woke up this morning, and literally the last thing I wanted to do was talk about football. Yeah, literally, and and, and I always I thought it was a dream to work in in, in the football media industry, uh, but then realised you actually have to deal with the heartache, and it's not it's not like something you can. You can run away from. I used to be able to. If Spurs lost, I'd be able to not watch Match of the Day, not pick up the papers. You can't do that in, in uh, Bull Street because I very. D- yeah, and it's, that, oh. it's crazy. It's still your your. Is this probably your best ever Premier League finish as well? Yep. And you, you're disappointed. Yeah, I am disappointed. But strange, isn't it? No, I'm happy. I'm very happy. I'm just disappointed that a tin pot outfit like Leicester yeah. can pip us to the league. Yeah, I said it. We'll get to that. <laughs> Stuart, how's how have you uh, how's, how's how's Rangers going? <laughs> you won, you obviously well in that you um, you, 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 you beat, you beat Celtic. Celtic. That was a great game, by the way. My advice to you, Flav, is yeah. don't let it ruin a great season. Yeah, we'll get on the Rangers in a minute. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, couldn't have had a better season. It's yeah. like it's been a long journey back. Um, it's been a very pleasurable journey. Mm. Um, I think we had the guys from the Brentford podcast in at the very start of the season when Warburton had been appointed and everything they said has come true, basically, Mm. about the style of football, what he'd gone to achieve, the types of players he would look at. Um, I think as a a Rangers fan, it's just great to see people at the top of the club and people on the pitch that care about it as much as you do. Mm. Um, you know, obviously the, the old firm game is up there with one of the best footballing experiences of my life. Um, do, but do yeah, you, it couldn't have went any better. Do you think that actually getting uh, relegated 
was kind of cool and worth it in a way, given that. And I know you lost that and you disappeared, and, <laughs> and, and Batman was without the Joker for a few years, but you know, it looked like it's fun. I wouldn't use cool. Uh, <laughs> No, I, th- I think it was great, you know, you know, we served our time, and I remember writing an article on the Ball Street blog at the time going, oh, wow. um, we'll take our medicine, but others will soon get theirs, and it's just great to see that come to pass. What you've are you talking Dundee about? United getting relegated, you've had... Is this about them voting Rangers out of the league? There was a, cho- there was a decision or, or a choice for each club, either yes, keep Rangers in, or, or no, relegate them? Yeah, I mean, I think... For, I think Fans of other clubs had a right to be aggrieved, but it was the bitterness and uh, you know just the the outpouring of hatred for our club that was kind of hard to stomach. And that that was more important. Rangers' suffering was more important to them than their own clubs. Yeah. And you come, you fast forward like four four years, is it? And you've got DU now going down to the Championship. Celtic have probably been found to be asleep at the wheel. And they could have been miles ahead of us now. Mm. Now you're actually going in. I'm not saying we're going to win it next year, but you're going in with good hope. Matt, how's Huddersfield season been? <laughs> uh, typical, uh, typical run of the mill, fairly boring, hovering, ho- hovering between relegation and, and mid table. Haven't you got Klopp's little brother? Yeah, we've got a guy that's uh, got a tenuous kind of link to Klopp. Obviously, the the way that it was presented to us at the time was we we had uh, a descendant of Klopp coming mm. to Huddersfield, and it was kind of again. And now I hesitate to use the word cool, but it was quite a uh, quite a, a, a trendy pick mm. or a trendy pickup for us because Klopp had just come over and everyone was loving him. Um, but yeah, we um, you know it's typical Huddersfield, mate. It's dull. Um, there's no, there's not that much ambition. Um, we, uh, I don't know. It's kind of quite uninspiring. But but then again, I remember when we when we went into administration, um, got a, a ten years ago or probably a little bit more than that. Um, and we we had about eight pros, you know, registered at the club just before the season started. And um, I remember at that point it looked really like we might go and and never come back. Yeah. Um, so I'm just kind of grateful that there's a. A team exists, and then when I go back up north, I can go and catch up with the family and go to a game. And there's what I do like about about being a Huddersfield fan, as opposed to um, a Premier League club, is that you you always have like local, you know, kids and and sort of people that are looking for an opportunity rather than chasing chasing dough. You know. Yeah, I mean, you're you're a Huddersfield, Huddersfield Town fan, and you you obviously often spoke about having. Uh, frustration at the fact that the, uh, lots, lots of the mainstream media won't focus on that level of football, not just Huddersfield, but anyone playing at that level. Um, and, and, and some of that way of thinking has gone into the setup of Bull Street, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, so I, I worked for, for Sky, for Team Talk, and I worked for Talk Sport for a good 10 years or so. And when you're actually as a part of an organisation like that, you kind of do realise that. Although a lot of the people in the are passionate about sport that work in these areas and, and kind of do know a, a bit about stuff, there's that agenda that has to cater to as big an audience as possible. So although you know you think about it in terms of Sky or, or ITV at times that they've got these rights, they've paid a load of money for these rights, mm. but they don't really use them because they'd actually rather just put on more of the stuff and talk about the stuff that they know is going to sell. It's like newspapers. It's all top four clubs. It's Arsene Wenger. It's all this 
it's Mourinho, it's the stuff that kind of caters to a mass audience. So that was definitely one of the frustrations that I had that that led us to, to kind of this can, path. Can you understand that though, from from Sky's perspective? They've got a they're always going to cater to where the audience is. I read it somewhere that ninety percent of the content online is about Real Madrid, Barcelona, yeah, Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah, and isn't it that? Ninety uh, percent of it's about the top ten players and the top right. fifteen clubs. Okay. So you can, I think you can understand it, but it doesn't mean you sit here and not do anything about it. Yeah, exactly. So you guys set up Ball Street. How did that come to be? Um, well, what, what what made you think something needs to be done? Was it that you just saw a commercial opportunity, or did you thought oh, actually we can make the game a little bit better? Well, I, I think first it's, it's about how we kind of came together. I yeah. mean, we the, the irony is is that me and Stu, um, when we became friends, and this is like two thousand or nineteen ninety nine. Like it was, was it 1999? Was it, two, it was the yeah, Olympics, it was, wasn't it? Was that 2000 it was the Olympics? Olympics. It was all, yeah, when Scotland played England in the playoffs as well. Just right, after, okay. Yeah. So we, um, we both had uh, Irish girlfriends. He was in Scotland at the time, just moved down to London. I met this girl called Joni, going around her house a little bit. And she's like, oh, this is Viv, my flatmate. Lovely. Hi, Viv. How are you doing? And then she's like, oh, Viv's got a boyfriend called <laughs> Stu. You know that kind of Cold chat Stu. that you get? <laughs> yeah. but the, 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 that I mean, kind of chat that you get where, where like when you're a kid and your mum's trying to make you be friends with you, oh, he likes football too, or he likes yeah, yeah. Star Wars or and whatever. And then you have to go and sit in their room together. Yeah. So you have to go, he's, you're the same age, and how awkward that is. Because you haven't got any social skill at that age. No. The last, the last thing no, you we, 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 No, we, we didn't then. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? We like, children 2000, <laughs> 1978. Yeah, so, so anyway, Jordy's giving it to me. Yeah, it's still like football. Oh, he's going to be dad. You're going to meet him. And I'm just like, look, I don't want to be friends with this guy. You know? <laughs> like, anytime I'm coerced into something, I don't enjoy it anyway. Yeah. But So I was sitting there going, I'm not really interested in meeting this person. And I'm pretty sure... Will you say anything? Maybe, I was maybe a bit more vicious, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so we begrudgingly sort of, you know... Met in this front room, and uh, I think that was the football, watching the Cameroon, was Spain, or something. Yeah, it was Nigeria or Cameroon, yeah. Spain. It was the Olympics, and it was kind of what was great about it was that uh, African football at this time was it wasn't quite as evolved. So, um, and and certainly the not many, that many of them had been playing in big European or Premier League clubs. So there seemed to be a little bit more of a. Uh, and honesty about the football so there wasn't much play acting that you kind of see you know mm. that's become um, part of it it's become a part of the game and we kind of bonded about a couple of things like that didn't we I <laughs> thought it was uh, Tom Cowan we bonded over Tom Cowan <laughs> as well who used to play for Huddersfield and Rangers and he's a bit oh, right. yeah. but um, but as this um, we found ourselves a couple of years later that we'd both broken up with these Irish girlfriends we were living together we, <laughs> we, it sounds wrong but we, we ended up sort of becoming pals and living together but so so Ball Street from from my perspective looking into what it was before it was like you, you kind of had this great idea to to find fans that had, that had the gumption and um, foresight to, to understand that media is actually something that they can grab hold of now they can pick up cameras they can interview fans they can give them a platform they, uh, and you guys sort of saw it as an opportunity to, to actually work together mm-hmm. in order to offer a genuine and authentic voice yeah. uh, other than what's available through the mainstream is that right? Yeah it is I mean we so me and Shu had lived together a bit and he was working 
um, in a different industry, but I was obviously working at TalkSport in football. And what we find is that I'd bring home certain um, things that we were working on or frustrations with certain areas. And, and you know, Stu's uh, uh, an intelligent guy, far more intelligent than me. And we'd talk about these things and kind of almost go back to work with these great ideas and these things that end up kind of happening and becoming programming strands or, or strategies at, at TalkSport. Uh, and I guess that we kind of got sick of giving TalkSpot these great ideas because actually it was when it was 2009 when, um, when Sky Sports News, they'd had some argument with Virgin and Freeview or whatever and, and they decided to put Sky Sports News behind their paywall mm. so you had to be on Sky Digital to get it. And Stu was, uh, at, you know, going, well, you've got all these talent, you've got all these guys, Stan Collin, around Brazil, all these people that's something that you guys could do like yeah we, we workshop this idea and 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 we're at that time we're thinking do you know what as well um broadband's improving there are more places mobile phone and connected tv it's going to be much easier for people to watch these things and mm. also uh, technology was advancing so you didn't need to have a big television studio and loads of experts you know um in order to start to make content as well so we were i think we initially started to take some of this to talk spot but like with most things it's talk spot thinks kind of in radio terms mainly yeah um and it was quite clear that you know i've been there 10 years i brought back Sport Magazine and done some really cool things, but it was hard to get stuff done in, in a company like that. And I think we were just quite excited about, we were dissatisfied, Huddersfield Town weren't cared about, they were, it's one of the top four teams that were really covered in any depth. We just started to realise that, um, and Twitter and social and kind of, people were starting to be able to organise around ideas and shared interests rather than um, what TV box they had or, or what they could what magazines were available at the newsstand so people it, it became less about being regional and, and all of a sudden you could speak to them people could build an audience around their interests and I guess we were at that point in time we just went and started to, to create our own thing mm. really I think I think what what I liked about it when, when we first started talking together about a year ago is the fact that people you know reputable people and, and you two are that, I think. <laughs> uh, we're, we're listening to our podcast, which isn't professional in the slightest. Um, is, is, is almost ramshackle kind of a mess at times. <laughs> but I think that's what our selling point is. <laughs> and, and the fact that you, you're, you guys are willing to invest your time and help us develop um, strategically and give some of your, your well-earned knowledge and help us grow is what made me think, actually, what is, what, this is something I want to be a part of and one day work for. And, and, and here I am. And, and it's... It's an amazing thing, uh, it really is. Um, should we move on to football? Or is you? Yeah, you know, no, you go. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. Anything, do you want to add anything more to that, Matt? No, I think that it's just. Um, I guess it's just about what it's become. Because I think yeah. if you were to if you were to look at our our YouTube channel and you'd see maybe like twenty odd thousand subscribers, and you think, oh, that's not that big, and there's these other channels that are huge. Um, or you to go to our website, you kind of probably wouldn't fully understand what, what we are and what yeah. we do. And, and I guess it's just for anyone that has seen our stuff or that's listening to this to really to understand what we're about. Um, you know, we're not um, a backed business. We're not a, uh, a football channel that's being conceived in a boardroom whereby someone's given £2 million like some of the people in the space have had, or or Fremantle who make fan channels that have that have been able to almost make this because oh, football channels a good thing. Let's see if we can make a football channel without the the normal pressures of having to kind of feed yourself and clothe yourself and have an office environment. 
Um, so we've never set out to build that. What we've actually done is we've realized um, that actually there's a lot of people out there that um, really give a shit about what they're doing. They give a shit about their club. They're passionate about their team. And that passion is what drives them to get up every day to make video content about their team, to blog about their team, to podcast about their team. And, and, and other fans, because... TalkSport and Sky Sports and, and the other places, the other op, uh, options out there aren't really satisfying their thirst for a really authentic and, and honest medium. Mm. So that honesty is provided by the likes of you in the fighting cock, by you know, the likes of a lot of guys out there. And so I guess what we did is, is we saw a lot of this stuff happen. And it wasn't even that we saw it and then acted. It was just because as we were venturing down our path, yeah. we started to meet some like-minded people that we started to kind of work with very much organically, um, you know, like the likes of Redmen TV. You know, we ended up, um, we were doing some video and they came down and worked with us and we started to realise that we were friends and then whenever we next did some video, it's like, hi guys, do you want to come on, on this and talk about Liverpool? And, you know, some of the guys that we know from Twitter, it's a case of, we're doing this stuff, do you want to create some conversation around it? And, and as it progressed, we started to think, we actually should formalise some of this stuff and actually we should start to work together because what you do over there on, 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 on audio really well, he does something really good on video, he does something that's really good about studio-based video, there's a guy over there that knows Twitter well, so we actually kind of started to work together. So rather than being a, um, is linear the right word? Rather than being a, uh, a channel that's a, uh, one channel like yeah. TalkSport, this is us, or ITV, this is us, or, or Copper 90, this is us, we're actually a load of people that are kind of uh, aligned in terms of where we're coming from spiritually and but everyone's just kind of getting together to create something that What's that expression that the sum of your parts is greater than the the sum of your parts the whole is better the whole, is, the whole <laughs> yeah. is greater than the sum of your parts that's, yeah. it. that's, exactly, that's what it feels like and actually you know what else if I may be so arrogant as to say it sounds like a, we're a little bit like Leicester City um, we haven't won the league yet but <laughs> but you know look about what Leicester have done punching above well, yeah they're punching above their weight but actually they're looking at the the, the, the parts of, of, of yeah. what they are and they're, they're finding the right way in order for it to function in the face of Tottenham United uh, Chelsea Man City all have a lot more uh, money and resource than Leicester did um, and, and, and I mean it's a collective of bedroom businesses essentially yeah. that are just coming together and sharing resources knowledge and, and whatever get, else and getting organised and getting organised to try and do something you know Matt, Matt <laughs> talked about dissatisfaction with the, the press coverage I remember when Rangers went bust it was the first time that I really realised the power of fan written blogs where they were the, the key source of information on both sides of the argument the mainstream media was letting us go down, so we thought, well, we we need to help these guys be heard and and respected the same as the mainstream media as well. Because, well, but actually, this is what happens, isn't it? In these moments, that that is one of the things that dissatisfied me as a fan, um, and I'm sure you had it, Stu. Is that a lot of traditional media, when it comes to a story like that, rather than actually try and understand the story. They go with the headline. They go with the thing that's going to sell the most papers. They really take it at a, at a face value. I remember, and this is probably not many people remember it, but Lee Clark was the, the guy who played for Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Um, manager of Kilmarnock. Kil- yeah, manager of Kilmarnock now. So he was a Huddersfield manager, right? And Huddersfield went on this 40-odd match on beat and run. And, during the, and it spanned over two seasons. And in the middle of it, we lost in the playoffs 3-0 in the playoff final. And... 
out of these 40 games unbeaten at the end of one season and the start of the next season, um, we'd probably drawn about 28 of these games. And of the 28 draws, it's like 25 of them were from winning positions. Um, basically, so when we sacked him and we were fourth in the league and we'd had this run earlier that obviously the newspapers had all been aware of, mm. everybody was going, oh, this is football gone mad. This is another example of football gone mad. And it's like, yeah, it is to the untrained eye. But if you actually knew what you were doing, you looked a little bit deeper, you'd see that Huddersfield fans had actually been calling for his head for months beforehand because of that very panic, because of the fact that we left points on the field. We had one of the biggest budgets in the division. The team had some great players and should have been actually, probably have won the league already and we should have got promoted the season before. But he was he was a panicky guy. You could see him on the sideline and, and that transmitted, you know, like a, a, they always say that a company follows the form of its leader or that it's set by the tone or the culture set by the leader. Yeah. And he was a panicky guy. And, and that was another case whereby if they'd have actually looked and delved deeper, they'd have realised that 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 obvious thing it wasn't that so you, you need a bit more detail the, the and that main, comes from fans the, the mainstream yeah absolutely that's exactly it the mainstream aren't able to focus on the, the nuances of every single team they, they just can't mm. because it's in plus a, they've got their own problems as well haven't they well yeah they, they have but if you go back I'd say if you go back five to ten years right Sky etc probably didn't have that many of their own problems but they did have the rights they spent a lot of money on the rights and what did they actually provide for, for, for fans you might get on the telly once or twice a year your games probably moved to a really awkward spot even though you've bought tickets so <coughs> although they had they, they spent the rights and they made that exclusive mm. so no one else could do anything with it so the fans are the kind of the ones that were, that were losing out mm. uh, speaking of losing out um, Leicester <laughs> won the league um, what what do you think about this whole Leicester winning the league malarkey you... I mean, I think it's it's great. It really is. It's a fantastic story. I think when you weigh it up, they deserve it, and it's amazing to see the reaction in the city and the club. And you know, it's great to see people like Ranieri, eh, Ranieri, sorry, mm. um, going through something like that. But you know, there's a lot of talk about how football's changed forever now off the back of it. Like James upstairs, who's a QPR fan, saying it gives all clubs hope. When actually it seems to me as if it's a bit of false hope that the bigger teams are coming back stronger as, as next a year and there's a lot more money getting spent. As a Tottenham fan, Shu, I can tell you that it's the hope that kills. <laughs> so if he's hopeful because of what's done Leicester, he's, he's going to be very upset for a long time. What did you say? Sorry, what did I cut you? Yeah, no, no. It's, I, no I, can, you know, I, I think it's, it's going to be an interesting season next season. I don't think it's the way it's going to be. That you know, If you take something like the NFL where they try and get a quality in it every season... Mm. I don't think it's going to be like that, but certainly, certainly, it's going to be harder next year for all the teams. I, I mean, you, you look, you say that right, but I'm not 100 percent convinced that all of a sudden these big clubs can decide. Oh, now that Leicester's won the league, we're going to get it right now, mm-hmm. and we're going to make it happen. You know, it, it, I, I just don't think that's possible. I, I mean, I think for for Tottenham, you should be kind of delighted in a way because. Now the mould has been broken, that status quo has been broken. And I, I remember, and this is always the case, and there's books about it, um, outliers and stuff like that, that talk about when um, a cycle and a status quo is kind of challenged and broken. Like I remember, for, and you see it in athletics and sport quite a lot. So 
um, I remember running under sub 10 seconds it was almost like an impossible thing you know so there were all these great athletes and, and you couldn't get under 10 seconds and now it's like everybody does it and mm. there's probably a lot more better examples than that mm. but once someone's done it it then feels achievable to everybody else and you know it's kind of when you look at and I think it was almost the United thing last year when all of a sudden United were seen to be human yeah. and you could go there and expect and just know that alright actually if, they are, if they're not one up after 20 minutes they're going to shit themselves and we can beat them mm. that almost changed it and this season it's just gone to that but it's level. not the first shock that's ever happened in football when you have periods and you might look at Dutch football when Alkmaar or 20 or something excessive but it always seems to go back to the the historic big players maybe that's because of the strength of the support or the history and culture of winning Yeah. but you know you've had some fractures before but the big ones always go back you look at Aberdeen uh, yeah, in the eighties, and that was purely down to Ferguson. I, but, but, but in a lot of these um, uh, countries, there's maybe like two teams that are the dominant teams. Whereas in England, truly, there's like but that's, a big, but that's been the big... case in England for uh, the last ten years. Probably only two teams are challenging for the no, title but there's at a the big, time. But there's a big four or five. There's yeah, four or five course, teams yeah, that have got seven, loads yeah. of cash that can that can make marquee signings and that can throw it around yeah. and that have got some degree of history even if it's kind of recent. So all I'm saying is with so many of those teams really struggling, I'm not sure that all of a sudden the order's restored. I think that actually there's a lot of teams now that... Certainly not, no. I mean, I think actually for, for you, Flav, as a Spurs fan, I think if you look at Spurs, they've got something to build on now. I think the rest of them will be rebuilding next season. You know, you've got a lot of managerial changes... Yeah. A lot of clearing of the decks. Well, yeah, if you look at it, Man City got a new manager, Chelsea got a new manager, Arsenal, it seems like Wenger will pack his bags, I hope. Um, and there's the money issue. I, I think it was the, the one, one time, if you had a giant ginormous stadium, you could afford a massive wage bill. We saw it at Man United, uh, Arsenal rebuilt. In fact, they went for a whole 10 years of restructuring so they could pay off, pay their debts. I don't think they banked on how successful the, the brand, the Premier League brand, would be and how much money would be coming from overseas. Mm. Because really, I, I've been a proponent for less money in the game for a long time, but actually I've never saw, seen a more even competition because everyone has lots yeah. of money. I mean, Less I think actually next, next season you're probably looking at... I, I mean, I don't think the order's broken yet. Right? I think there's certain things that are at, at play. But I think you can see with, say, your Chelsea, Man United... Even Man City, who are going to have to go through transformation, yeah. there's no reason that you won't have a different winner next season, be that a Spurs, be it a West Ham or somebody like that as well. The teams that have got a good nucleus this season and just need to build on, others are going to have to go through revolution, probably. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I've loved, I've loved this season, I really have loved it, but... Uh, it's, it's a re- weird one for me as a Spurs fan because we've become the pantomime villain. Everybody hates Tottenham, right? <laughs> and, and I like that. I yeah. like being hated. I'm kind of... Not personally. You know I mean, like, that's weird if you like being hated. But if uh, as a football fan, I don't want to be this kind of... Yeah. Oh, it's, it's all no, right. It's only Spurs. No, yeah. It, it, this is Spurs. They'll roll over for us. They'll break down. As it turns out, we have kind of broken down at the end. But we're a nasty little team now. You saw that against Chelsea... I've never seen a more vicious bunch of players. And I'm not proud of that, but a little bit I am because I've spent so long as a Spurs fan being having soft underbelly and, 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 and a team that just bends over. I mean, some of it was snide, like the eye gouging, yeah, the, the eye stamp g- on the hand. It wasn't a stamp. 
stand on him. He, he wasn't even looking at his hand. He, he knew. It was he knew what he was doing. Yeah, one hundred percent. But then the other like dyers, tackles, and so that's what you want. You want to see your team go down fighting. That said, it could have been fighting hard. What did Ramon Vega the next goal? Ramon Vega said of the old firm, "It's like blood and thunder." Pure blood and thunder. That's what it looked like yesterday. The thing is, there's never a winning team. Right, that doesn't have that bit of no, edge yeah, to them because yeah. it's that it's that attitude, it's that kind of win at all costs prickliness that, that you need to have. You need to be um, you need to be brutal. You need to be focused. You need to be kind of clinical. And I think that that sometimes uh, I think maybe for Spurs last night it was all consuming. You know, you maybe have a few figures that get your team momentum, and yeah. that, but you just seem to be overtaken by it. Yeah. You know, there was still, what, 10 minutes, 15 minutes to go when it all started happening. Yeah. Oh, 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 <laughs> a neutral, it was amazing. Yeah, but yeah. It was like Game of Thrones. It was. <laughs> it was like, it was like, I mean, for me, I was I was in the pub watching it, and I, I've never been, from the very start, never been more nervous watching the game. I knew that we weren't going to win the league, even if we won that game. Really? But it was, <laughs> yes, Matt. You must, yeah. No, I don't know. I was convinced. What about all that minor gap thing you've been doing around the office all the time? Oh, God, could you imagine now, like, if, if, if Spurs don't, if Arsenal finish above us? <laughs> can they? Can they actually do yeah, that? Yeah, they can. Really? Yes. It's not going to happen, though, is it? Oh, Matt, please minor don't do this. Gap. Don't do this. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Don't do this. No, but seriously, about Leicester, yeah. I mean, I feel split on it, uh, personally. I'm delighted because uh, a really good mate of mine is a Leicester fan and he is stupid enough to have put £50 on Leicester. Incredible. 1000 to one back in, I think it was October. So he has been watching Leicester getting closer and closer and having a, a winning bet. Is he a Leicester fan? He's a Leicester fan, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Exactly, I just thought he was shrewd. 50 he even, even laid some of it off, didn't he? Well, I was, I mean, I was the one that said, mate, you've got to lay this off. And he was kind of like, um, what do I do? And I was like, I'm what does that really, mean? Well, I think that you can obviously bet against the other right. uh, eventualities or what you can do is you can sell on certain sites. You can sell bets. You become the bookmaker. Right. So I won't go So you protect that. yourself a little bit. Yeah, so you protect... So I was saying what I do is... Because if, if... That would be a bad day, wouldn't it? Losing the <laughs> Premier League title and losing 50 grand. Yeah. So I was like, put yourself in a position where you, you maybe win 20 grand if, that's if, just if, if Tottenham win. <laughs> yeah, you were that, that, that's a heavy day. So yeah, so, yeah, so, so it's a mix. I'm delighted for him, but as a Huddersfield fan, Leicester's one of them clubs that we've seen quite a lot over the years. We've been in the same division as them. We've been in competition with players every now and again. And it kind of doesn't feel right in a way because yeah. it's like how... How have you managed to, to do this, you know? Yeah. How have you gone from there to, to actually... It is crazy when you think about it because no it knows. did feel impossible. Mm. I would have bet anything. I would have bet my mortgage. I'd have, I'd have bet my dog. I'd, I'd have bet anything that there's no way Leicester will win the league. I would have done that at Christmas when they were top. Yeah. yeah. I was so convinced that they would fall away. And actually, I, this says something about me because I used to think I was like a, a, a well-rounded person and that I enjoyed the little guy, you know, Winning out at the end, but I, I don't. I don't. I want to see Leicester dissolved. <laughs> Is that too harsh? But, but had it had it been Arsenal, you would have been with the little guy. Oh, without, without yeah, a doubt. If Look, Arsenal had been challenging. Yeah. Do you know and what? Them. Do you know what? I, I was thinking. Right, Spurs weren't going to win it. It had to be Leicester. Yeah. Uh, so I understand that. I know it's, it's it's really heartwarming, and you know it's it's been an incredible season. Ultimately, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really has. Um, but, but this is why. Okay, so this is just a. a off-topic England-related theory, which um, 
probably isn't worth the oxygen I'm going to waste telling you it. But over the past, my theory with England was essentially that the Premier League and the Champions League and all the money that's kind of wrapped up in our uh, in our top clubs created this false arrogance from 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 the players uh, and also the expectation from the fans it's like oh god because we've this huge premier league and we're so great and there's three of our teams in the champions league semi-finals that means that we should have a great england team and it almost created an expectation and a false arrogance mm-hmm. that was then impossible to kind of live up to um, and also it didn't create a teamwork and, and you know mm-hmm. a, a collective kind of buzz that you uh, that you obviously seen with leicester yeah now all of a sudden, it's kind of all changed a little bit. And what Leicester have told everybody is that it kind of doesn't matter. That stuff doesn't matter anymore. Actually, what matters is teamwork. What matters is is kind of being together. So it gives me hope that this England team actually might, all of a sudden, because the arrogance of, the, of that status quo has been blown You're seeing apart. that. You're seeing yeah. it now. I think everyone is, is kind of behind... England, but genuinely behind them. Not this kind of false hope that this time we might do it. Actually, there's a lot of hope around this team. I mean, it's a sweaty, it's only fair to say that. <laughs> I think that's so true, but I, I think you don't even just look at... Uh, you, you look at Leicester, but then you look at Spurs and the nucleus of young England players yeah. as well. And actually, there's, there's maybe a little bit of hope this, this time around mm. that and, you can live up to. And I, I'll be honest, for a long time, I'd stopped watching England yeah. games because it was... Can we move I, on? I, I just thought... It, I just thought... But no, but I had and I think a lot of people had but it's like look if you're not going to create a a team that's trying to win this if you're not going to create a structure in the English game that's trying to yield a great national team instead of just a greedy sort of elite within the Premier League then why am I going to turn up and watch this 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 facade this pretense that that you actually give a shit because they don't (coughs) all of a sudden I did watch some of the was it the Germany one and they're actually penetrating and playing little triangles and getting behind defences and balls across the box and it was like I was like this is actually surprising that they're, they're seeing and a lot of it was the Spurs uh, yeah. three that were in but there just to, to bring it back to the Angels uh, oh no, <laughs> no I can't think go from England to Rangers you, no, it's not well, just they're again safe, what, what, what I think is interesting is like Warburton so like you know one of his and the Brentford guys called it at the beginning you'll have a really small tight squad and everybody sees a pathway to the first team so you're not that you're only one removed from the game from the kids right through the middle and I think Leicester have got a tight squad tight squad so Spurs to a degree you know mm. you don't have an abundance of extra strikers when Dial goes down you don't have that defensive no. midfielder can I, can I just say that was a very tenuous yeah. uh, link to Rangers yeah, yeah. but over the coming months this podcast <laughs> is something that I think that people will see a lot or hear a lot yeah. which is Stu trying to force Rangers well, or Scotland it's not Ball Street it's Rangers fan TV from now on. <laughs> it's like God did, did anyone watch the news last night somehow brings it back to Rangers alright this is the first half done of the Bull Street podcast we'll be back after this second half of the Bull Street podcast Uh, remember you can catch all of our video content at www.youtube.com forward slash Bull Street channel just Bull Street no it's Bull Street channel both of them go to the same one place so I'm right (laughs) am I right were you both right? Uh, one of us were right, so uh, just check both. <laughs> uh, lads, it was the bank holiday weekend. Uh, I spent it worrying about Tottenham, then going through agony, uh, and then crying myself to sleep. Uh, it was all right. Uh, what, what do you lads do with your Bull Street, I mean, bank holiday? We actually worked yesterday, didn't we? Yeah. Um, which was fun. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, my weekend um, every year, I, I can't, I'm quite, quite like, in fact, we both like the NFL, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm an Oakland Raiders fan and he's a Bears fan. Um, and as the Oakland Raiders have been so bad every year, the draft is the highlight of the year, the NFL draft. Mm. So I get quite excited about that because you get to um, you get new players. Uh, well, how, does it, how does it work in terms of... Because what, what I like about... And I don't like a lot of... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Great deal about American sports. I know you lot are into it. One of the first things I noticed when I, I, I walked through the door at Ball Street about six months ago was the constant conversations about NFL. Um, and I, I didn't really get it. And then I tried to watch some of the gridiron. See? Uh, and uh, yeah, I still don't get it. But... Um, there are there is something about that sport and the way it functions as this kind of w- weird communist utopia mm, where yeah. the very worst teams can ter- be, be turned into champions, a bit like Leicester, to be fair, uh, <coughs> by by way of the draft. Yeah, I think first of all, just to dispel um, <laughs> any perception that this place is full of American football talk, we have a fantasy league which uh, <laughs> which. Was getting down to the, uh, the boiling point. Right. I think the the sharp end of the season when you joined, so it's getting spoken about. But, but yeah, me and Stuart are, are both fans for sure. And, and but what you say there about the uh, almost the, the the socialist element of it or the the parity element of it definitely rings true. And um, I was actually explaining it to my missus at the weekend. And 
it would be so it would good if football had this kind of thing because what happens is that uh, every year all the uh, the people that are graduating out of college sport and that are then going to go and become professional athletes they are going to this big pool and all the teams of which there are 32 uh, they get a almost a choice to pick players from this pool um, and it's and the order is based on how badly you did last year so if you finish, had the worst record last year you have the number one overall pick mm. and if there's a and obviously every year there's loads of great players coming out so you've got the first pick of going right well we need a quarterback or we need a, a defensive lineman and this guy here that's coming out of X college USC or or Oklahoma State or whatever he's amazing so we're going to draft him and, and teams essentially have it take it in turns to pick and what's beautiful about that is that the um, the worst team gets the first choice so you get swings whereby a team can go from not being that good to all of a sudden um, coming into reckoning because they've had a, a, a good draft or a good couple of years of drafting but I, I think like to say it's socialist and it's um and the way they conduct it, but it's ruthlessly capitalist in the sense that they know that by having a competition That's that fair. is fair and every team potentially is going into it with hope every year, drives audience, mm. drives makes TV the whole numbers. Stronger. Yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. it all. So it makes it the most, I think it's the most successful sport in terms of like TV yeah. rights and stuff like that, I think. And, and you know what? It's, I was going to mention this, actually, when you were talking about Rangers and, and how all the other clubs were so keen to kick you and get down Rangers, get into the bottom league. Um, and at the time, I was thinking, why are they doing this? They're weakening the product. Mm. They're taking away the Rangers-Celtic game, which used to go around the world and which would be which a great shot window. Which was the event since the last Super Bowl, I read, yeah. in terms of TV numbers. Exactly. And so why would you shoot yourselves in the foot by doing that? And, and there is a bit of divide and conquer, I think, in, in our country almost. We are divided and conquered but let's not lose that either <laughs> no <laughs> what is it it's part of partisanship which is the, the lifeblood of football isn't it it's the hating your rivals categorically put this on record said it many times before the best thing for me uh, as a Spurs fan would to see Arsenal go out of business I would love yeah, it that would be the best and I'll find a new villain to hate but you'd I, I miss get where you come from. Well. Yeah, you'd, I know. you'd have an empty yeah. hole in your heart. I see Robbie, Arsenal fans, t- for Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV, I see his face every day mm. and I will not miss it. <laughs> but I, I think there's something, uh, I mean, look, the, the NFL's, um, that whole parity thing, that whole breeding competition, all shirt sales go into a big pot and that's shared. Incredible. Um, so there's, the whole league is, is basically created in order to to create a better product where, you know, like a chain's only as strong as its weakest link. I guess that's yeah. kind of the principle in a way. Yeah. And, and I think that, that would be amazing in England if, if if all the clubs, like all the young talent or the new people that would be eligible somehow for the league would get into something and, I mean, you're, and you're, teams would pick. You're never it's going never going to happen. You're but. never going to have a draft, but you could have something like the salary cap. So if you look at yeah. the size of... Well, you take Chelsea's squad and what is it, something like 40 players out on loan. Mm. What if those players were distributed around the lower leagues, the, the lower end of the prem, yeah. you'd start to create a stronger the, the product. Stockpiling, the stockpiling of players, it's ridiculous. And How you're teams, not allowed to do that in the NFL. Teams right? buy players and then they, they don't play. And oh, what the hell? I mean, how many that? great players, or great players with great potential, sorry, have like had their careers killed from, from that, Sitting on a bit that of lack of pathway? Scott Sinclair... Yeah. Uh, Jack Rodwell, Rodwell yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, the list goes on. Um, well, Scott, yeah, even play, established players like Scott Parker, who chased the money by signing Chelsea, signed Gandhi's <coughs> career. I think it's kind of like the, the other thing. I think like, it does seek to create pa- parity and what the NFL competition. But still, if you take somebody like the Patriots, who have still managed to dominate throughout the, the last few years. You look at coaching and Bill Belichick, you look at Ferguson, you know, there's definitely a great coach makes a difference here. Well, that's a great point, but by creating um, uh, an infrastructure for a league or a tournament that's, that's, that's an equal playing field, then that then makes the strategy, the coaching... Yeah all the more different and how somebody can uh, still manage to create a winning team by That's managing right, yeah. the variables differently rather than just buying your way yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. buying your way into relevance so which is who, horrible who's your NFL team flag? <laughs> I like the um, it's the Bears yeah, the Bears yeah but yeah I, I like the uh, uh, Peacocks the, no the, the, the San Antonio Sharks <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're my team is that a real is that, is that, is that no, no, it's the Miami Sharks. No, I was no, thinking on uh, any given Sunday. The thing is, it's amazing. By the way, have you seen the um, uh, the clip? If uh, anyone listened to this that that hasn't seen our retro footy YouTube channel, and if you happen to like Championship Manager yeah, the yeah. game and remember the two thousand uh, to two thousand one season, um, the guys at Redman TV have got this amazing channel that and. In this week's thing, yeah. Chris does this um, uh, yeah, the Al Pacino inches speech. It's blinded. Yeah, stuff. it is fantastic. Um, and and I, <laughs> um, yeah, check that out. He's amazing. One of the ways that you could bring this back to football, obviously, we have the, the issue of having multiple divisions, which they don't have in America. Is there thirty-two teams in the league? Yeah, yeah, I think that is, that's insane. But uh, but it's split re- well, almost regional, right? And small then playoffs. Leagues. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but what what they could do. Is the the, the 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 amount of money you win by fin- by placing in the Premier League is greater the further down the league you do. So you just swap it. So obviously, yeah, whoever yeah, finishes yeah, top could. wins the most amount of money. This season, Villa would take the biggest chunk of it. But then again, that creates no, an because then you're going to drop down. We're going to finish last. I mean, yeah, well, what just with relegation, you know, to create you something. Um, you'd have to rewrite it all and this is never going to happen people are never going to agree to it and, and as well the people at the top of the game have got it and had it too good for too no, long not, and not when you've got owners at the top clubs meeting in supposedly London hotels to try and ensure Champions League places for yeah. the most elite clubs you know the way we think about the game is all wrong I yeah. think over here yeah um, but we, we, you know, we like to. I mean, we've spoke. In fact, go on, Flav. You were going to say something. It's probably, probably better than what I was going to. Well, I was, going, I was going to move on from NFL, um, just in case people don't like. I protest. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think we fear that this is going to sound a little bit rose tinted. Um, we want to talk a little bit about how we fell in love with the teams that we did, uh, and um, and it was a time where we had less access to football essentially mm. so in order to fall in love with your team you had to work it you had to work hard to find out information about your your club yeah i think well you see that but it's a family thing for us you know it was it was a team of my father the team of my uncles and you found out about it through them until yeah. you were old enough to to go and learn for yourself is it well yeah you didn't have a choice what well, there's a story you mentioned a couple of times i'm not sure if you're if this is okay to say on on the podcast but i'll ask you anyway try. it's about your uncle coming home and you weren't sure what uh how the old firm derby went yeah because he used to play it on uh new year's day 
and at that t- you know the game wasn't in Italy yeah um, and sometimes from memory it wasn't even on the radio or they wouldn't let us listen to it in the radio <laughs> and you were just waiting for your uncles and cousins to get home to understand um, how much trouble there was going to be in the household <laughs> really so, yeah you'd wait for them to get the result and you'd be looking out the window to see them coming up the road either singing or you know sometimes they wouldn't come home if, if, <laughs> if, if there's any uh, young people listening from from down south and thinking oh my god they didn't even have tellies up in scotland it was like this everywhere yeah yeah so fo- football wasn't on the telly fuck all you the invented the telly <laughs> you fucking nugget <laughs> <laughs> we, of course you did listen the uh the, Morgan Beard. <laughs> What um what what is the, for people who have been watching football since the, the, the formation of the Premier League? It, for, there were a long time football was seen as a, a horrible, dirty habit that, that you you kind of people that went to football were hooligans and and, yeah. uh, and scum. Essentially, it, it was and, a working it was a working class game without a shadow of uh, shadow of a doubt. Yeah. It really was. It was a working man's sort of um, soma. Yeah, the ability to get the weaker work out your system by going get drunk. It's a release, and, a release and shout yeah, at totally. the football. Yeah, and and kind of lost that. Very different, very different. I mean, I you, just go to like Wicked and Billy Elliot and release now and just shout and be. A <laughs> you, you, no, you become theatre to a degree, isn't it? Well, yeah, but you you did have to um, earn football. Like now, football is readily available. You can sit and watch. Um, MLS one night you can sit and probably watch every La Liga game you want you can flick over and watch um, Serie A and every single goal and key moment of every game is probably trending or going around Twitter yeah. and going viral so all these you know you can now see oh Messi's just nutmeg someone in training and that's everywhere but back in those days um it wasn't, and, and that what was what was beautiful was that you, when you'd come to a Euros or a World Cup or or that the final stages of the European Cup, um, there was this. You might have heard whispers of a player's name, and you were almost excited, like, "Oh my God, this Platini is going to be playing," or or Hadji, or or whatever. Yeah. And you'd be tuning in, to kind of almost fearful, and just in this excitement. And, and there'd be a whole process of discovery. And, and World Cups and Euros were fantastic because there'd be play- you didn't know everybody oh, playing. Panini album, and then yeah. eventually you had like World Soccer, which did an amazing job back yeah. in the day. Uh, in nineteen seventy eight, Argentina. Uh, hosted the World Cup and one of my first football memories. Yeah, I wasn't even born, <clears throat> but I do know the story because I wrote an article about it. And uh, every single player inside that Argentina squad was based in Argentina, apart from Kempes, Kempes who yeah. played at Valencia, I think. And the um, I can't remember the is it who was the manager? Uh, Oh, what was his name? Doesn't matter. Was it Minotti? Yeah, Minotti. He he made a rule that said, I will only pick domestic players, but Kempes was so good Good, that he had to be picked. Mm. Um, So there was kind of... I spoke to my old man about it, and he was talking about this kind of air of mysticism around around this team. They knew how good they were, but Ardiles, Villa... um, that do. No, there was others. <laughs> <laughs> At least eleven. <laughs> I don't know. Like there no. was a sixteen-year-old or something. Yeah, like no, that. he came later. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is, it, it, there was this air of mysticism about mm. it, and and all of a sudden there was this World Cup and all the colour and, uh, and atmosphere about it. And I guess what the point I'm getting at is that it isn't necessarily great to have all of the football all the, the time, time. No, all time. in your eyes, no. and not being able to escape from it because you, there's certain element of inertia. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember my dad coming back from, I think it must have been Holland, where an Ajax pennant, so I started following Ajax, but I had no idea other than sort of Cruyff or whatever who they were. And what I had to do was order VHS tapes out the back of World Soccer to get to see the team. You had to order uh, stuff or travel. Yeah, <laughs> and then like... I'd get my local news agent to get me Vletbal International and Gern Sportivo, and I didn't speak Dutch or Italian, but it was the only way you could get to yeah. find out what was going on. Well, how did you find out? You look at the pictures and, and guess what the words Yeah, were. yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, player ratings and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And great pictures. But, you know, it was, like you said, it was a discovery and you had to work hard for it. Yeah. And it, it was like that in, um, you know, music. I remember the music that you were into as a kid. You, you'd have to go to... We'd get a train, so I'm from Wakefield, which is in West Yorkshire, which is kind of near Leeds and Huddersfield. And you'd, you'd have to get a train and travel to Manchester. It'd take like an hour to get there just to go to the record shop that might sell, that might have like some promo or some music on a band yeah. that you quite, quite liked back in the Happy Monday Stone Roses and all those days. And now, obviously, uh, and, and that would be a 12-inch, and you'd have to take it home and, you, and you'd play it. And now kids obviously can go online. Yeah. You can get whatever you want from wherever you want. You can probably see them live periscoping this or periscoping that, and you can carry the entire back catalogue around on your mobile phone. So, so obviously the world's changed, and, and that's a good thing, but... Yeah, what you had to do to access football, I feel that a lot of people nowadays maybe have missed out on that. Yeah. And the actual football match experience is very different to, to what it was. Um, I was forced to go watch Huddersfield as a child. I was like, I think, seven years old when my uncle took me to watch Huddersfield and I think I probably cried the first time <laughs> it was miserable and you know, and it was in the stadiums, it was all standing and all that, which was, which was fantastic, but... I, I was used to go watch Huddersfield then. Before you know it, you'd, you'd had a chip implanted in you or something and you were yeah. loyal to it and you couldn't break that. And loyal go, to misery. Yeah, loyal to misery. Every Saturday has been <clears> miserable <throat> since. But I'd go all over and I've been to you know most of the grounds and you'd go home and away and, and kind of watch your team. And I think a lot of people now that are maybe think they're experts on football or that uh, talk about football and, um, and have got... I don't know, maybe they are experts, I don't know, but they've not been, they've not earned that and gone through the game and, and know what it's like to go the length of the country to get fucking pissed on, to get then, you know, not allowed in the game or locked out or kicked out or, you know, these kind of things that are real, that genuine football fans yeah, have been yeah. through because you just sit there and you just keep flicking through the channels and watching these matches and then you know about the whole world's players. I don't know, it's just not as special as it once were mm. if you know what I mean but I think you know it's almost like peak football in it and um, I guess people now just have to work harder to find that mystery the mystery's still there you just don't get to that's, see it that's really interesting because we at the fighting cock where we started the 1882 movement and 80, uh, 1882 it was like a supporters to, we, we was aiming to improve the atmosphere at games like Europa League games which were notoriously bad stadium was half full just a real waste of everybody's time really you'd just pay these minnows you've never heard of utter tr- shit our B team would beat them 6-0 and there's nothing right. to get up for but what we found actually there was something to get up for because these are these are our players and the sh- more importantly the shirt they're wearing is being represented by them so we thought let's just let's get these kids together let's get like you know like-minded fans in one block and see what a- kind of atmosphere yeah. we could create like that my my dad has been to every single one and he's 62 because he remembers what it was like mm-hmm. and that's what he buzzes off. But more interestingly than that, there's 18-year-old kids 
that never got to experience any mm. of that traditional atmosphere, yeah. and they love it. And they, they're, 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 they're after that stuff that we've yeah, just yeah. talked about. But are we sounding like a bunch of old farts here? Yeah, I think we probably do sound like it, but... Um... <laughs> still right, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still right. But yeah, 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 but I mean, I, I look at my wee cousins, like, from Louis A to Ross, who's like 20 or whatever, and they're the same as me. They're yeah. different. It, it's about handing it down in the way it was handed down to you. And they should be true to whatever you were. So they, they carry that on through. All right. So, um, in the last year or two, there's been a lot of a lot of protests, a lot of discontent in football. Um, some of it very right, in my opinion. You know, look what Charlton are doing. Uh, Blackpool went up. What's been happening? Still happening up there to, to their club. You know, assets assets being stripped. The bare bones playing staff. They're having to hire. Nile Ranger because they can't find any other strikers willing to play for their club. Yeah, uh, and then you know, he lasted about four games before disappearing. But you know, there's, there's a lot of genuine anger, and 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 a lot of it started with things like AFC Wimbledon, uh, FC United, where fans are actually taking ownership of mm. of what they enjoy about the game. And if if their clubs are being taken away from them, or they feel that the club's being separated, and and the what's true about it is being sanitised. Um, that they actually will go off and they'll set their own club up or they'll go and protest. Um, so Arsenal... Before you get on to, to Arsenal, just to say that I kind of love that though. Mm. And, and this is what, you know, where I can sit here and say there's too many videos of, of that's a film that's got Van Al and Wenger's head and Jamie Vardy's head sitting on it and you can see a lot of this kind of... Uh, top 10 messy facts and top 10 Zlatan. I mean, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, which means that the internet's, you know, there's a lot of shite on it and a lot of the same kind of shite on it. Whereas what you can, what the advent of the internet and social media has brought about is the ability for people to organise around uh, topics that they're passionate about and, and, and that they, they um, uh, people with shared interests. And that's what I think is lovely, just before we kind of get into it, yeah. is the fact that actually nowadays um, people can go, you know what, I'm not having that. Yeah. And mm. There's other people here that are not having it. Let's organise around this subject and, and let's take it on. Because that's kind of what, what we're trying to do as a, yeah, as a, as a bunch of people, yeah. is that there's a status quo out there and there's loads of people that have got money in this game. And what we're doing is we're actually organising and trying to create a independent fan media that's, that's heroing the fans and the people that actually go to the games and know about it and are passionate about it. So I, I just love the fact that in this day and age, people can kind of organise around these things um, without having to sort of meet in a barn with sticks and brooms and, and, mm. and stuff like that. I, I think it's coming, it kind of feels as if it's in the atmosphere and it's coming to a, a head a little bit, doesn't it? It's yeah. been brewing for a while. And fans didn't always protest. You know, they didn't protest um, publicly necessarily, but they're starting to now. Well, that, yeah, I mean, I, I remember that. I think I can remember at Huddersfield there'd be protests because it was always quite a glum end to the season. Um, <laughs> so we'd all, you know, it's like, right, and it just would get passed around and you'd all go around to, um, you know, to outside the director's box or the entrance <clears> to the stadium and everyone would sing, sack the board and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that, that they did. But now what you're getting is these quite almost clever where 
people are organizing around something, they're creating a nice catchy slogan or strapline or hashtag for it, and, and it's the ability for these things to kind of spread nowadays. Like, like the walkout the walkout on seventy seven, yeah. Yeah. You know, stuff like I love but stuff that, like that. That's just from them getting fucked off that you know, the bodies that were in place had weren't doing anything about it mm. and they took it upon themselves to do the walkout yeah. in seventy seven. And it's like the Occupy, uh, which which I know you you spoke about um before the just the ability for people that are actually pissed off um, to kind of get together and say this is why we're pissed off. So yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Arsenal, however, um, I mean, is that first world problems? Well, <laughs> I, I think the interesting. I think this is one of the big things that changed. So if I was, so you'd get Arsenal protesting, you'd Celtic fans protesting the other week as well. Poor bastards. If, if I was a fan of one of those two clubs, I'd be angry and I'd be feeling it, but I'd protest inside the pub or with my mates and with fans. I wouldn't mm. hear that publicly. So you know, what's the Celtic one? I've missed that. It's just yeah, about, so, yeah. um, you know, players not playing for the short, the the regime not spending enough money. It's, it's all, it's all, We've it's all, only won the league five times in a row. What, do they want? Yeah, all, what, what else could they have done? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah. But it's like... I think you get a right to feel angry about how your club's been run. Of course. But on the other end of the spectrum, you've got Charlton, Villa, Hull have been protesting a lot recently as well mm, with great cause. You're yeah, somebody like Dundee United as well, oh. whose chairman's yeah. wrecking the club. Well, there's been a few things, haven't there, where a, um, a guy's come into the league, a foreign guy's taken over the club. It's kind of not just not understood tradition but as or disrespected tradition but as openly ripped up tradition and gone actually we're not going to be wear blue anymore we're going to wear red like the Cardiff City thing yeah uh, and, and Hull like what was he wanting to change the name to it, uh, the Tigers or something yeah Hull City which obviously their, their, their nickname was the Tigers yeah but that's the nickname and isn't you, it yeah. even like Newcastle as well you know they've, it's no wonder they're protesting with somebody like Ashley in charge and well yeah I mean look you, there's fighting relegation you've got a in, club of that size in, and been run that way in most instances uh, when, when protests take place there's legitimate you know reason for it and that's okay and, and you should protest and, and often fans are the worst treated consumers in the world without well, well one, one the, yeah the fact they call them consumers is at the yeah. heart of the problem exactly. isn't it yeah, yeah. yeah. But, well, but they fund football yeah fans the, fund the, they, well, they buy the, the seats they pay all the they pay all the um, uh, the TV bills fans fund football yet only in football, and I know that you're uh, as Spurs fan. You're not. You don't. You don't. You don't love Chelsea, but mm. you know when they got Benitez in charge, and it's like the fans that look. Whatever you do, whatever you do, guys, don't have him because we we don't want him. Yeah. Like we really disagree because he's Liverpool. We've had this thing with them. Please, not him. <laughs> and obviously, it's like, well, I could listen to you all, or actually, I want to do the thing that you don't want to do because I want to do it. In what other world it's- do you actually just? Completely say to your fan base, I don't give a shit what you want, I'm going to do the complete opposite thing. Because they know. Just because we can do that. But was, it, was it the Charlton CEO that was, she was saying something like. Substandardly age, I love that. No, she was saying something like, it's, it's funny over here that the, the, the fans seem to think that they've got a say in how the club is run. I mean that. I mean, I, I'm not. A, I don't really care about Charlton nor any other football club for that matter. To make that clear, but that is that. That brings yeah. bile up in my throat. Yeah. Like, how dare she? 
I know it's ridiculous. I mean, how it, dare she? Yeah, but but this is something that like so fans are always taken for granted. Fans are um, uh, abused. They're sort of the amount of injustices and things that go on. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that we're trying to address because there's a lot of people out there that go, yeah, we're we're for the fans, by the fans, we're this for the fans, but it, it's actually not. And I think that that's what um, there's a lot of people that that say they put fans first, but they actually don't. Mm. And, and I think that that's what um, that's one of the things that you know. I'm a genuine fan. Um, I, I've Huddersfield Town. There's no media for us. There's no place where I I have to go to the game if I really want to know what's happened. There's a chat board or two that you can go on and follow. Two minutes on the football. Yeah, well, not even two. If you score, you see your goals on the football league show or whatever. But what I'd love to do is, I mean, I'm envious of what Robbie does for Arsenal fan TV or or what you are for Spurs or what Paul and the guys do for Redmen or Nicky and the guys for West Ham fan TV. I'd love to have a place where every weekend I could go and, and log on and actually see the game through the lens of the people that I would be stood on the terraces with. Or I'd see my uncle or, or that guy who oh, I've seen over the years going to the games. Because you get to know people, don't you, yeah. uh, at the footy. Of course, and I'd yeah. love to see you know, if we do make a signing or because you trust their view yeah. so if they're there going right we've lost but we really deserve better out of it you kind of trust that you know is that not an aspiration of Ball Street then is it to hopefully one day be in a position where you can give that to every fan of every league club and, De- and beyond definitely I mean it's not about us giving that to every, every yeah. fan because we can't we can't do that we, we don't we're not sitting here blessed with money but what we can do is we can help organise around it. What we can do is we can provide uh, by giving people the opportunity to join this community uh, and this bunch of people, we can give people various uh, foot-ups whereby we help them learn how to do this with YouTube or this with podcast or this with so-and-so and we can collaborate with them and kind of work together. And I think that there is a, a strength in numbers and I think that's why there's a, you know, what, 10, 11, 12 channels that, that, that are all under our umbrella and a part of what we do. So I, so one day, hopefully, there'll be a Huddersfield Town fan TV, mm. and we'll be a part of it. Uh, and then, um, and then, yeah, we can. Who'll be a part of it? We'll be a part of it. They'll, what? <laughs> <laughs> me? Oh, you mean Huddersfield? Yeah. Well, right. I thought you meant me and Flav. Well, <laughs> well, we can offer. You've been to Huddersfield. We can game. give you a foot up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and plans are afoot for Rangers fan TV aren't they yeah massively yeah Yeah. alright I don't know is that it it feels like the end is that the end is there anything else you want to say nope we'll be back next week we'll see how this week goes yeah Yeah. no definitely I mean that that was fun Um, I think yeah we're going to be doing this every single week now absolutely Um, and we're going to get other guests in we've got we want to talk to, to Robbie from Arsenal fan TV not about Arsenal because I don't want to. Sit, I can't sit across from someone and talk about Arsenal. It's just yeah. I shouldn't have to. Um, but I, I want to talk about how he, you know, he, he set it up and where he comes from and the yeah. way his brain thinks. And yeah. he gets a lot of criticism. Yeah. And I think it'd be good to give him an opportunity to actually, you know, sit down half an hour, talk about all, all of all this stuff that surrounds yeah. Arsenal fan TV. Because I've I've talked with him, yeah. and it's fascinating. It really yeah, is. I think from the it's easy uh, from the outside looking in, but when you sit down and talk to Robbie, yeah. you know, you see where he's come from. Yeah. And it's, it's like the supporters bus, like we all went to games in supporters buses, 
all those characters are represented. Mm. The cynical old guys at the front, the young guys at the back that are just giddy about going to their first games, <laughs> yeah. and then the sort of normal majority <laughs> in the middle. And those young guys and are giving it, the away fans yeah, the V's exactly. like it, out of the window, but in the comments they've, box. They've, yeah. all, they've, all, they've all got a place on that bus, but yeah. it's your choice who you sit beside. Yeah. Don't uh, need to sit beside Robbie if you uh, don't want it. No. And actually, after I listen to him speak about this stuff, I, I, I wouldn't mind sitting next to him. Well, you, you know, there's a in this whole space, there's a lot of people that have... Uh, you know, Robbie was working a full-time job, and to video is not something whereby you just turn on a recorder like this and you chat for a bit. And even so, there's a bit of work to do with this. Um, writing a blog, again, there's obviously work to do, but you can kind of sit there and type it away. But when it's video... And you've got to then edit video, and you've actually got to, you know, film it and get sure it's a grind. So yeah. to do that and to commit to a content schedule, when you're not paid to do it, you don't have an office to do it in. Yeah. You don't have kit that's provided to you or cameramen yeah. or something like that. Robbie's done all this off his own back um, by being disciplined and being consistent and going to all these games. So I don't think there's anyone that can sit there and that can question Robbie in a way because he's. He, He's, he's built this on on his passion and when he first used to go people would be like I ain't talking to you who are you you know so it's kind of so now it's successful that some people are kind of throwing the odd thing at him but it, ultimately I have nothing but respect for someone yeah, that's able to build something over a long period of time but it's, a, it's a choice isn't it it's still an Arsenal scumbag <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I think that over the period of time there's going to be as well as Robbie there's going to be lots of other guys well, that to ex-pros as well which is exciting yeah. for me yeah. to find out what goes on in their brains outside because we, we, we uh, there's another podcast that we kind of work Working with called Hanging Up the Boots. Yeah, uh, that was Reese Weston, Sam Parkin, Sam Parkin, Danny Gabadon, yeah, um, and guests, okay. um, and just talking to them. Like it's it's just, it's just weird when you you speak to an ex pro or, or a pro, and they have they do have an aura. I, I, I kind of I don't get starstruck very often, but when a footballer walks in the room, I'm like. Oh, I'd love you, to be you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just for a day. It is very strange. Like it's when a you, weird one. When, no, when, I, I when you, it, but no, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I don't get starstruck by them. Uh, starstruck with Jim White when he came in. Oh, you were. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know how. N- n- none of these people, in, in any way, shape, or form, I'm starstruck uh, by. I think I probably, if I met Conor McGregor, I think I'd be starstruck. But, but none of these guys. But when you actually. Um, uh, and we should have a section called name dropping because I think uh, everyone that should comes on should like drop a name and a little story. Yeah, well, yeah, I've just done that. All right, wh- what was your? Mine, well, I did four. I did Sam Parkin, Preston, and Danny Gavin. But through my time at Talksport, obviously, I've I've met loads of people, and yeah. by obviously doing a lot of the stuff with with, with Wrighty, uh, um you know, I've been I've been done it. But but when you actually see it, when you're just like. So in a pub with them or hanging out with them, you see how ridiculous it is the amount of people and grown men that do come up and just say the thank weird, you. the weird, yeah, they just say, it's, it's thank like, you, and oh, you're a legend, you're, it's just like, all right. But yeah. we, you know, we talk about that real no dickheads in here, and yeah. I mean, that's the thing that's amazed me. I, I don't think any of them that I've met has been a dickhead. Like yeah, you're almost surprised, yeah. I think, aren't you? Yeah, you are. You're, you're expecting them to be dickheads. Yeah. All right, well, plenty more of this sort of stuff to come in the coming weeks. Thank you so much, Matt and Stu, for giving up time in your busy day. Thanks, Flav, <laughs> our ex-head of podcast. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Uh, and remember to visit the YouTube channel. Uh, our Twitter is Ball Street. 
And our Facebook. And our Facebook is forward Bull slash Bull Street. Yeah. And our Instagram. Instagram is Bull Street. Yeah. And a big shout out to the Fighting Cock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Big shout out to the Fighting Cock. Yep. Uh, actually, if, even if you're not a Spurs fan, lots oh. of people listen to the Fighting Cock. And Matt or Stu, one of you is going to be on the pod this week. All We're right, going cool. to fight for that. Yeah. yeah. Fight for the. the um, do people have the opportunity to subscribe to this? Yeah, absolutely. You go to uh, you know, iTunes iTunes, okay. Uh, so you can subscribe and that will give you, you know, a download It's a instantly. podcast, it's not the radio. <laughs> you were talking about football. You yeah, but we, should we not mention that? Yeah, so let's do that. Go, okay. on, go on iTunes and subscribe. <laughs> because we'll be doing this again. Uh, yeah. If you like it. Yeah. And leave a review if it's yeah. a good one. We should do a com- I've read that you should do competitions for, for reviews to help what drive kind of- it because it's an important thing. Yeah, yeah. What, what com- off a day of Flav's time. Oh, no, that's, that's no, too we, much. We've got yeah, some podcast in right, the I'm, I'm just looking around now because we're shooting this in our Don't studio. Don't give anything away. No, no, no we've this, got to give, give this away. Right, this okay, good. so there's a Sabutio. Um, no, we might need that. No. Right, <laughs> we won't give the Sabutio. What about the Jimmy Bullard book? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah bend well, it like... We got well, a signed magic sponge and another good. Oh yeah, yeah. magic sponge. All right, so a signed copy of no, it's not signed. It is signed. Is it? It's it? signed oh, right. somewhere. Okay, so we're just going to confirm whether it's signed or not. It might not be signed. If, uh, right, so if you leave a review, uh, the best one, the most inventive and uh, intelligent review left will win. We'll a, a, a Jimmy Bullard book that isn't signed, but we right, it's it. not signed yet. But Jimmy's in every now and again, and we'll get it signed. So it, what you need to do, actually, if you send us a, if you leave a review, yep. and maybe if you tell us that you've left the review on Twitter or something like that, yeah, just you could put a screen capture of it to prove it. But that's <laughs> the only reason. That's the only way that we'll really know you've that got, you've got done it. Have, that's, that's how we can read this book. Yeah, yeah, got, it's a great book. <laughs> okay, so if you want this book, you've got a few it? hurdles to jump through. I've read it twice. No, you've not. I have. Look, I'll tell me, open a page and I'll tell you what it says. Are you just down here hiding or are you <laughs> reading this book? <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, and we'll, we'll get it signed for you. But that's where you need to. And it might have to run for a couple of weeks because I'm not sure anyone's going to listen to the first week. They will. We'll guarantee it. This has been the Bull Street Podcast. The Long Ball Street. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.